Welcome back to Living More of a Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Jane Tarrant, and today I've got with me Sophie Coulthard, co-founder of Fiddle Leaf, the wellbeing platform. Sophie has joined me for a generally good chinwag around the subject of breaking cups and saucers, finding a kettle in the fridge, recognising things in ourselves, and actually being able to make progress. We discuss how Sophie got into working within the wellbeing space and a little bit more about what Fiddle Leaf actually provides. What does it mean to you to live more of a life? Oh, you know, I think it's about finding things that fulfill you outside of other people and outside of work. So finding things that just give you satisfaction and that could be as little as reading a book or baking a cake or it could be as big as I don't know going on an adventure (laughs) to another country or something like that but I think it's about finding what those things are that light you up and just being conscious of when you you might need to do those things. And where do you put those things into your life you know what is it that you're aware of in your own life to make sure that you're you're living by that do you know it's such a challenge and they always say that people who when you work in a particular industry you're quite often the worst at taking your own advice <laughs> and I talk a lot about things like burnout and how to um, separate work from personal life and and all of those types of things and to be honest sometimes I'm absolutely rubbish at that and (laughs) I find um and particularly now where everybody is you know pretty much working from a bedroom or a spare room or kitchen table it's a lot harder to separate work and life yeah Um, but sometimes I think I get to a stage where I know and it will be things like I'll make a mistake I'm less intuitive about things so I don't spot things in people or my surroundings that I normally would and that's when I start to think right I need to switch off or I need to take myself out of this situation and do something else and go and do something that will fulfill me and energize me so I can come back to it um the other day actually I went to I went to get into bed and my gym socks were underneath my pillow And I thought, why are my gym socks under my pillow? And what I'd done is I'd in the morning, I'd been sort of rushing around and I'd meant to put my pyjamas under my pillow and my gym socks in the wash. And I'd done it. the I just hadn't even thought about it. And then obviously I'd got into bed and realised what I'd done. And I think it's things when things like that start happening in your life, then, you know, (laughs) it's time for you to take a breath and, and do something about it. Absolutely. I had uh, occasions where I put like the kettle in the fridge or, yes. you know, things when you're just you I often would find that when I was working five days a week uh, with an, about two hours of commuting each day, I'd come home and about sort of six, six o'clock I'd come in and I'd be so knackered that I literally I mean I think I almost put cat food in my own dinner um, and yeah trying to like get a a mug and a tea bag and like just everything just was going wrong and I just couldn't even do the most basic of tasks and then the idea of even following a recipe just wasn't going to happen yeah every crack in a dish or cup is from a time where it's given me that right realization of okay (laughs) Sophie 
come on now. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the most interesting parts about this is, you know, it's all very well us noticing when we've already hit that mm-hmm. moment. And maybe we've got better self-awareness at that point, which is really good. That's the first step in the right direction is to kind of get that self-awareness of when do I need to go enough is enough? Because a lot of people haven't even found that yet. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of, okay, rather than waiting till it is enough and you're absolutely exhausted and now you can't cook your dinner so you're going to eat really badly or you're not going to be able to do you know maybe you you're like oh where's my pajamas and now you're off searching around the whole house trying to find them or you realize someone else put them in the wash you know when you kind of get to that point it's not very necessarily very helpful um in the long run so what do you do to make sure that you're putting things in in advance so that yeah. that thing is less likely to come around as often and obviously we're going to have times where we just end up having to work a really long day or mm-hmm. you know everything goes wrong at home or friends and family need us more than usual and, and those will reach those things again but where it's not happening on a daily basis what do you do in advance yeah that's the thing how do you catch it before it gets before you start cracking all your nice china <laughs> um <laughs> I think I certainly as an example through lockdown um, and I know that everybody's probably had their own personal journey from you know March to now of of what's happened and any changes that they might have made in their life or any realizations that they've had I think for me I definitely to try and prioritize myself and I knew that I am somebody who can get stuck in that kind of I'll just sit on my laptop from 6am till 9pm sometimes. How do I stop that? So for me, it was about prioritising, first of all, exercise, which I know this stuff is so obvious. But if I don't exercise first thing in the morning, I probably won't do it. I'll find yeah. something else. So I, for me, it was that I got into a, a real habit of saying nothing else happens um you know my gym stuff's out the night before and you know my home workout there's no excuse everybody's working out at home if you know no gyms are open and so it was prioritizing that and then for me and it's it's so boring but it's routine it's about things like making sure my breakfast is planned the night before and all of those things so that at least I know I can take a break and the right food is waiting for me or something like that really um I also think that when when we went into lockdown and then they said you can go for I think they said one more one walk a day or something was there one outside kind of jaunt a, a day um and it was actually taking that opportunity and saying well I I am going to go for a walk and I'm going to take a late afternoon walk and get out in the fresh air and I think it's things like that which maybe you have to reach that point of of realizing you need to do it yeah first um but it is amazing the difference that these simple things do actually make do you think that for some of us the allowing us only to have one exercise walk or whatever a day actually we started to go well if I'm only allowed one I better go and have my one (laughs) whereas I bet most of us were commuting for two hours or you know an hour or whatever it was per day sitting at a desk all day going home like some of us might have managed to get out to the gym or do something else but Mm -hmm. especially if you've got kids and it suddenly it's all starts again at home it's it's not always as easy or if you're setting up a side hustle on the side and you're Mm -hmm. doing that at home but how many of us actually on a regular basis on a daily basis actually go and take that opportunity to go for an outside exercise experience and I think 
for for me that was really critical that you know I've been very fortunate that having had a baby 18 months ago we did go to start that we did start going on walks regularly mm. either as a family of three or you know just just her and myself or, or or um she and my husband would go out and that was a really big part of our kind of change of culture that was forced upon us by having a baby and then there was this change of culture that was forced upon us by being locked in our homes yeah, um yeah. And actually not going to the office saves all that time, which means you can still do a full work day, but fit something that's been more beneficial for you in as well, which is less likely to bring you stress and, and um, you know, difficulty if some people struggle with yes. driving. <laughs> yes. And I think you, you're absolutely right. I, I, I didn't know much about Wimbledon Common until lockdown. <laughs> and then yeah. Now I've explored every, every sort of different pathway there is. And I think we took it um myself and my boyfriend we took it as an opportunity to go and just chat and we call it we call we started to call it having a team meeting we would say let's go for a walk and have a team meeting and we would talk about things you know we both have moments where we've perhaps had a bit of anxiety about about what was going on in the world or you know he would want to talk about what was what the plan for his work was because he was on furlough at the time and and it gave us that opportunity to go and walk and talk, get some fresh air. It gave, it gave us everything that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. We probably would have just sat at home. I'd be working. He'd be off doing something else. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really useful. And also, did you work from home before? And what was your boyfriend doing before lockdown? Yeah, I did. I, I've been working from home for about four years. So I actually had a lot of friends contact me at the start to say, how do you do this? <laughs> um, and it, it was that thing. I, I know I've seen this a lot, people posting a lot about this. It wasn't normal working from home. It was working from home during a pandemic. It's it's di- completely different. Um, But yeah, he works normally. He's a chef. So he works full time. He's normally out of the house quite a lot. So it was a real shock to the system to have him around so much. But then Um, also you have a specific time in the day that you could go and talk to him, which is very unusual. Yeah. 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 I found out the other day that I I literally just went up to my husband and gave him a hug. And I was like, it's so nice to be able to hug you in the day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like just partway, just partway through a work day when actually all you needed was just like something to kind of make you feel that little bit calmer or just to kind of take a break from your current mindset and actually just having someone around you know not that they're going to distract you from your work but when you are taking a break you know rather than us going to the water fountain at work or going out to the sandwich van or you know trying to go into the toilets on our phone just to have a break because you know we want to get away from our desks and there's nowhere else to go to do anything that sort of takes our mind off things you know (laughs) when you're in that sort of situation um you know you don't have the opportunity to actually get sometimes what you really really needed which is just maybe a hug or you know maybe the chance to talk to someone who who really cares and is there for you Mm, definitely so it's been it's been quite nice in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's trying to find the appreciation. In Absolutely. It. I'm sure we will look back and say it was actually quite a nice time in a weird way. <laughs> I think for some of us. Yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. some of us have been extremely fortunate and mm-hmm. I think some of us really haven't. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to recognise both sides. But those who haven't necessarily had a good time of it, even some of those who've worked like 
you know crazy they've had the opportunity to potentially either save some money um and that they can spend on something later they really wanted or you know they've had the opportunity to maybe um get more quality time with their partner who would normally be working a different shift to them or whatever it was especially if somebody's in healthcare um and barely saw their partner at all mm. um it, it, it you know it's maybe got these small elements of of uh of positivity about it just yeah. maybe not as much as those who have managed to get a bit more out of it I guess mm. uh, but tell me about your story because you've you've got on to uh, start in the kind of well-being area uh, as a business but what took you from you know your your childhood yes. and your upbringing through to through to the stage of actually being interested in well-being in the first place what's yeah. kind of made you realize that so probably the most relevant point to start my story was when I was in my early 20s I was probably about 23 24 and I was working in a bar um I was in a a period of my life where I didn't really know what to do with my life uh, I'd always been quite good you know I was good at school I I was a hard worker I felt like I had potential but I didn't know what that potential was and so I was working in a bar and I was just really enjoying my early 20s but I think underneath it I was in a bit of a funk because I felt like I know I see I think this is so much more nowadays where people are seeing what everybody's doing on social media and they're probably feeling like I guess to use your your podcast title they feel like how do I live more of a life everybody seems to be living a more of a life than me and I think I was feeling that way deep down inside um best way to describe it yes I was in a bit of a funk didn't know what to do with my life and my dad was a performance coach by background so he'd worked with companies sports people military um running coaching workshops and programs and things like that day you know those sort of day packages that type of thing and I'd quite often gone with him and gone and sat at the back of the room and and not really thought that anything was sinking in just you know switched off thought I was switched <laughs> off but actually I think a lot of it I retained subconsciously and he was introduced to uh, a piece of science which was an assessment tool which measures and I don't know if you've taken lots of personality tests or anything like that Jane like Myers-Briggs or um, I've taken a couple actually yeah, yeah one one for sort of deciding that I think I was a lion in the workplace right, kind of yes. mindset um and a kind of more extrovert um concept yeah. otherwise yeah and then there's the colors and there's the Enneagram which is very popular at the moment so I'd, t I'd taken things like this before and then he introduced me to this assessment that he'd been asked to look at for for some company that he was working with and the thing that blew him away was that it wasn't saying you're fixed you know your personality tends to be quite fixed from an early age this was looking at almost how your values and what you value impacts your behavior and I guess a really, really simple way of describing it is if you value precision and neatness and tidiness, then your behaviours will probably reflect that. You will probably be very precise and neat and tidy. And so that's probably just a very 
very basic way of of saying what the sorts of things it was looking at um but one of the key things that it that it also looked at and behaviors obviously can change over time as well and that for him that was where he had a bit of a moment where he said wow this is actually a development tool it's not something that's going to put somebody in a box it's going to say well this is where you are now and actually what can you do with that self-awareness that we were talking about earlier and not everybody is that self-aware um and also how can you then develop and kind of track your progress if you want to and one of the key aspects within this tool that he that he discovered was um very much related to almost well-being and I took it and he called me you know it's an online assessment takes about 15 minutes he and he called me and he said can you where are you and I said oh I'm in the shops and he said can you just go home and call me when you get home and I thought gosh it sounds serious you know (laughs) what's happened and I called him back and he said um he said what's going on what's what's the matter and I said what do you mean and he said well I've got your results here and you know it's it it is actually saying that you've got a lot of potential in a lot of the behaviors that you have in terms of things like being a good problem solver or you know various different aspects but he said there's some well-being things in here which are sort of flagged as being that you're not in a great place you know you seem to be under a lot of stress you seem to be a little bit lost in life and I kind of had a bit of a cry (laughs) and it was all kind of things that were under the surface that I don't know if I was even that aware of at the time. I think I was just, you know, going out on the weekend and having a few drinks and just taking things day by day, week by week. And it and really, it, yes, go on. Sorry, had he noticed this about you no. before? Like, had he, as you know, you as his daughter, had he noticed when you came home to see him or, you know, when you were on the phone to him, had he picked up on any of it? Had it even sort of occurred to him there might be these areas of your life that weren't actually okay? I don't think so. I think I'd have to, I'd probably have to ask him. I remember, I think he was quite shocked and that's why he wouldn't talk to me about it while I was in the shops. Um, because I, I, I would say I'm generally a, you know happy um positive type of person so I think it was probably a bit of a shock to see to see that and so I just it had such an impact on my life I made so many changes I I broke up with the boyfriend that I had at the time who was not doing me any good (laughs) in terms of you know things like stress and you know where I was personally um and it gave me almost that kick to quit the sort of bar job which was fun but it wasn't going anywhere for you know I didn't see a career in it and start to think about what I actually wanted to do with my life and so it had a really big um really big effect on me and my dad carried on working with this tool which is quite unknown in the UK and it's mostly used either by sort of coaches or um, companies might use it as a recruitment tool or something like that. But it was that well-being aspect of it that really stuck with me. Um, and I thought that I, there's not much that can really, really tell you what's going on under the surface. And that was the, the point where I sort of thought this could really help people um, as it as it did to me. And so I went about my life and I thought what would be useful for me to go and and start career wise and I I ended up going into sales 
um, sold technology, sold advertising and kind of got life experience, I think, which is what I needed at the time. I don't think I could have taken that and started a company with it then at that age. Um, And so, yeah, I spent the next sort of 10 years working in sales and then came back to it. Uh, much later so over the past um, four years or so started to think about how can I actually take this science now and do something that can potentially help other people and particularly younger people as well who younger in the sense of university leaving university kind of at the stage where I was at the time and so yeah that's that's kind of been my journey but I think everything that I've done in the meantime has led me to this point in a way Absolutely. Um, it might have seemed like I was going around the houses, but I think this selling, actually selling technology and, and being involved in these different sectors has helped helped me understand more now as I as I've started my own company. I guess the way I look at it as well is, you know, I've had experiences in my life that maybe they weren't necessarily positive for me in a kind of mm-hmm. health wise or, 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 or sort of mental, mentally just they they gave me skills and experience. They didn't necessarily kind of feed me mentally. And they were really crucial because although they weren't highly beneficial for my health and things, they were they were what set me up for the knowledge mm-hmm. that I've got today, the knowledge of, oh, that's what it's like to work in that sort of environment, or that's what it's like to experience that level of stress. And actually, when you're looking to work with other people and have an understanding of other people's situations, you kind of need to have been through some stuff. Um, yeah to do that and actually that that tool sounds amazing because it takes me back to when I was 19 20 and I was living in London and I really wanted to get into sales and I ended up um I ended up going to uh, do some sort of sales experience by because I couldn't get a job. It was like just around the recession. And so I said, I'll, I'll work for free um, just, you know, and if I'm good enough, hire me. And, and they weren't able to hire me in the end because they actually had to let staff go because of uh, the follow on from the recession. But they were willing to give me that opportunity to try and, you know, work within their company and and uh, let me learn how to sell. And then from that, I was able to then get into a state agency. And then I moved into a company that I was there for a couple of years. And the mm-hmm. company in general was very nice and very caring within the realms of what they could be. But there was also this high pressure, high intensity side. So whereas you were in the bar job, which I'd also done the bar job before that, but whilst you're in that and maybe not fulfilling yourself, I was sort of really going for it. But mm-hmm. my well-being, I would say, was probably very similar in the sense that I was not where I should have been from a mental health or a health point of view, although I was looking like I was succeeding and I was doing yeah. really well. And I remember looking or sort of talking about it later with with my family. And whereas uh, one parent was really sort of pleased and thought I was doing really well and wasn't really worried about me the other parent was really worried and I think it was just their different um, aspects and their different sort of awareness of of um, how I seemed around them how sort of whether I see myself and also you know their awareness of what I was going through but I don't think either of them realized quite what it was or how extreme it was and it Mm -hmm. got to the point where one day I just um, decided I was like I've got to leave you know I might be earning decent money but I'm spending it just as fast because I'm so miserable and I just was like right uh 
I need to get out of here. Where's a good place to move? I don't know. Bath. I've heard Bath is nice. Right. Three weeks time. I'm gone. And it was literally, <laughs> you know, I just I just printed off a load of CVs and, and just took them down to a load of restaurants in Bath. And was just like, I'm just going to get a job and get out of here because I just need to leave London. I need to get away from this, this uh, everything that feels negative to me. And it was there where I started from scratch and I, I earned and I still was not a great place, but I was earning to go traveling and actually being able to take yourself well out of a situation to get some perspective is actually very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel that actually being able to talk to someone would have been even more beneficial even if I'd stayed there for a bit or just changed a few things but sometimes it gets so drastic we just think right all out yes (laughs) Um, and that may be having that sort of insight and that personality concept and understanding a little bit more about yourself would have enabled me to maybe go down a slightly less drastic route or not that I regret what I did but um, sometimes you give up some stuff that maybe you didn't need to Um, and obviously if it's your own company or your family life you obviously don't want to be so drastic about it so having a bit more awareness is really beneficial yeah you almost had your own UK eat pray love (laughs) (laughs) I did a little bit like that except I didn't have a relationship to break up with Um, but no, I mean, I can totally see why this this awareness from a young age is mm. really crucial. And I think we aren't taught that while we're young. We don't learn about it in school. I know your schools can't teach us everything, but there are some key life areas, especially with the type of career we're going into now. You know, it doesn't matter what career you're in. It's going to be you know, a lot faster pace is going to be likely to be sort of social media or computers or tablets or screens of some description involved. And, you know, it's a very different work life now to what it was. Um, so having this awareness built in actually was really beneficial. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I, and I'm sure that probably the people that listen to your podcast probably are a bit more self-aware and that's why they're listening perhaps to a podcast like this. Um, but it's amazing when you talk to people about various what I call the the well-being areas about about these different things and they don't they've never really sat down and thought about it and you have people that might buy a self-help book for example they might I don't know if you're going in if you're in a bit of a crossroads in your life or you're uh, I don't know maybe you're single and you want a relationship or you're in a relationship and you want to be single or whatever that might be you might buy a self-help book And that might help bring a bit of awareness to you. But if you're not reading the right words at the right time for you, then it's probably not going to have an impact. And I think that's the thing. And, you know, we all recommend books and things to each other. And you can say, I read this book. It was fantastic. It changed my life. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to change the person's life who you recommend it to. It's, It's so personal. And I think how can you and you you can obviously do it yourself you can sit down and really start to think about your the things that you value how how that reflects in the behaviors that you have and then are these where you want them to be or can you so I always use an example of assertiveness I think is a really good one not a lot of people associate assertiveness with well-being but if you can be comfortable in expressing yourself and stating your opinion even if it's sometimes to disagree with other people or um express how you feel um then that has a really positive effect on your well-being because you will be more comfortable around other people but also other people will probably be more comfortable around you because they know they're going to 
hear your your true feelings on something um and i think it's a, it is very much about being appropriate with that as well but if you sat down and thought about yourself and assertiveness and thought okay where am i if i had to draw a scale am i always comfortable asserting myself always comfortable expressing my opinion and i do it in a way that is respectful to other people or I guess the complete opposite would be I'm really passive and I don't like to ever cause a fuss or state my opinion and I especially don't like to disagree with somebody who intimidates me perhaps because they're assertive and then I think you kind of get somewhere in the middle where you might say well if it's really important to me I will say my opinion but actually I can also let things go but then the question is do do I walk away from situations and wish that I'd said something? And does that play on my mind and almost cause anxiety, a bit of low level anxiety, perhaps? Then it's it's kind of having that time to sit down and think, where am I on this sort of scale and where would I like to be? And also, if I am at a place where I'd like to be, if I am comfortable being assertive all the time, how can I make best use of this? I guess. I don't want to say skill, maybe it is a skill to be comfortable being assertive. And so how do I then, how do I use that? And, and I say this because I am, I'm quite an assertive person, but I know that that can make other people feel uncomfortable around me sometimes because, because if I don't use it in the right way, almost like, I almost say a strength, if you have a strength in a certain area, it can be like a superpower. You can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And do I ever use it in the wrong way? Do I ever kind of bulldoze people with my opinion? Uh, probably. <laughs> I know I can so, be a bit blunt if I'm being assertive. Yes. Sometimes you you just think, oh, you know, it's so effortful to kind of go through everything in a in a highly crafted, highly sensitive way. And even mm-hmm. then you can get it wrong. That You just sort of like, like, this is how it is. <laughs> And, it, and then it, and then it comes into a bit of an emotional intelligence, doesn't it, with the person that you're with? So, um, for example, I've worked with quite a lot of Americans in the past, and they can be very blunt, and st- you can you can give it to them straight because that's how they'll be with you. Whereas, I guess uh, a lot of Brits might be a little bit more sensitive, and you might have to think about the way you know use your emotional intelligence really to think about how you talk to that person. Um, but yeah, it's about understanding yourself first so that then you can understand others. And then I think all of these things, and this is just obviously one example with assertiveness, it 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 helps you, it then helps your relationships with others, and then obviously it can be applied to your your career as well. You can it can help you with your career. Um so I think this thing about getting self-aware and I do think there's there's been an ongoing movement. I mean, last year in the UK, I think they sold three million self-help books, which was a record. And wow. who knows what 2020 will be like? I'm sure it's going to exceed that. Um, but it can only be a good thing. I think I think that's that's the truth. I mean, I know some people are really anti self-help books. Um, I mean, this, this name in itself um, almost puts almost puts me off in the sense that it, it's become a term that people don't yes. necessarily like. But actually, if the book is there for you to have the strength to do something 
in your own life then that can only be a good thing and it's if it's if it increases your awareness so you've got more power over the things that affect you the most and that also so that you can better understand others that are going through something around you then actually it increases the kindness to yourself and the kindness to others and the kind of the ability to make positive change I guess so although we can talk about it in a self-help sense Mm. um, actually it's just more about self-awareness and tools um, which actually don't seem quite as cliche shall we say Yes. Yeah. It's a shame there's not better words for some of these things. I mean, we say we say well-being, you know, fall into the category of well-being. But actually, I think a lot of people confuse well-being, mental health. And and I actually feel like what I do is more personal development and it is self-awareness. And it's it's kind of what's the right word to you. And now quite often we just have these umbrella terms, don't we? Self-help. Yeah. <laughs> and and not nothing against uh, self-help books either I've got a whole bookshelf full of them and some of them have really really helped me at certain points in my life um I think it is about finding the right thing that speaks to you yeah I mean I've had some that I've had on my shelf for years um that either somebody's given me or that mm. I've bought at one point but just I just wasn't pulled to it and then as soon as I've kind of got myself to a point where I've started to really understand myself in one area I suddenly realized the need to understand myself in another yes. whereas I think when you're not reading at all it's hard to pick one up when you're used to reading something you're like well if I didn't if I thought I knew enough already on that topic and I didn't well imagine what I don't know about this next topic yes. and actually once you get into the point of it doesn't make me stupid that I didn't know that about me or it doesn't make me weak or it doesn't make me you know whatever you know once you get to that point you're just like actually it makes me stronger to to ingest this to kind of to mm-hmm. go through it and realize whether it's relevant for me or not and you know what I can now do with that information and I think those who are kind of going on an entrepreneurial journey and sort of training their mindset for that that's a really important tool for them is you know read 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 because it's the mm-hmm. only way you'll grow and the only way you can get yourself to the point where you can do that for example you, you mentioned earlier that you were so young you're not sure you could have set up a company at that point and yet I kind of disagree had you prepped yourself in the right way and Mm. yes you'd still make loads of mistakes but you're gonna make loads of mistakes now there'll be some things you'll know better like sales or whatever but I do think that it doesn't matter what age you're at it's about how much time you put into yourself Mm -hmm. as to whether you're able to do something and you know I don't think you need to need 10 years of training (laughs) in the real world to stop becoming but then saying that you also got the other benefits which is understanding cultures and living within those cultures and you know understanding different work pressures and going through different levels of well-being yourself yes you'll better understand how to do the particular model Uh, but I do think it's interesting that uh we feel that because we're young we can't or because we don't have the experience we can't and actually yes you know self-awareness is really key in that area and I think not to make excuses but I do some part of me does feel like it would be easier to to do that now because of the way technology has moved forward uh and you know back then things like podcast didn't exist (laughs) I think YouTube was just getting started probably you know all of these I think today nowadays there are so many resources out there for people um that yeah perhaps if it if if I was in my early 20s now I think I probably wouldn't have gone down the route that I did I would have just gone for it straight away um yeah 
absolutely i think you're right when it if it's an online type business then you're in a much better place to do it now than where mm. you were a few, a few years ago but i think things have changed and developed and you would have found a way to do it then it just maybe wouldn't have reached as many people yeah I agree. And I think it's about as well being having taken the time to explore other passions and other interests and other career avenues. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think every if I could go back every single job or experience that I've had, there is a takeaway there that's helping me today. So I think it's a lot of people worry and I know I did. What do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) And, And even, you know, before 30 I wasn't entirely sure I knew I wanted to do something with this but the idea wasn't honed in any way shape or form so it sometimes takes some time doesn't it to kind of to come to us and tell us then a little bit about what it is you're doing now um I'm going to probably wrap up after this just to make sure that uh (laughs) sure that we uh yeah we're chatting away (laughs) yeah I know because I could go on forever on this topic but um tell us a little bit about what you have actually set up um when it's launching how it's working and and who it can help so that if there's anybody who has listened to this and they think you know what that sounds really helpful for me but I don't know how to access it this is just one of the ways they might be able to access this sort of thing yeah so when I got really um decisive on the fact that I wanted to build this tool and I wanted to um you know launch myself into it I uh, met my amazing co-founder Adam who is a technical genius and and a a coder and and basically has every single skill that I don't have we're complete opposites Um, and we're also very different in terms of personality but similar in terms of our values which I think is the key to a good working relationship Um, you know the things that matter would matter to both of us um, even though I might be you know the assertive blunt person throwing myself into it head first and he might be the more reserved <laughs> person um, in the in any decision that we make um, we started to build it build this platform which is called Fiddle Leaf and um, it's named after I don't know if you're familiar with the Fiddle Leaf fig which is um, a beautiful plant very Instagram uh trendy in lots of kind of home interiors and things like that but it is a plant that supports well-being so we wanted to have that connection with kind of nature and growth um so a lot of people always ask about the name and we've we've essentially built a platform where people can take this assessment tool their results of the 10 well-being areas are delivered to them online through video um through text And then once they've understood and they've gained that self-awareness, they can then go and access different types of support content. And that was a real key for me because I've actually, you know, this whole time I've still been working with the science with with my dad and with his his company at various points. And, you know, you go through this with people and you raise their awareness to all these areas and they go, okay, now what do I do? And obviously with his coaching practice he he was able to do that but I, it was about how can we deliver this online and how can we deliver it in a way that's accessible as well and I always think if I go to watch I mean if you put into YouTube how to be more assertive you'll probably get lots of videos of you know men with grey hair in front of a whiteboard giving you their tips on how to be more assertive and if I was Sophie back then 23 years old I don't think I would have 
been able to relate. I don't think their message would have resonated with me. I probably would have wanted to see somebody not dissimilar to myself to, to be able to relate to their message and their story. Um, so we've included lots of podcasts, YouTube content, things that we've curated. Um, so it's all got to pass the, the test with us as being useful content um, that people can take notes against, work on their own development. We'll be adding things like courses in there as well um, and then work through a development plan, which is all just completely hosted within the platform. So it's almost sometimes to describe it as a interactive self-help book that's kind of brought to life in, in front of you, really. Fascinating. And this is like, a, is it an app on your phone and on the computer? Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah, it's well, it's not an actual app yet because apps are so expensive to build. And um, we've built it as a web uh, web version first, okay, great. but it's completely optimised for mobile. So I've got it on my phone. It looks like an app. So um, great. And so this is something that's like a, is it like a membership concept? Yeah. So obviously self-awareness and personal growth doesn't happen overnight so and it never ends right <laughs> no it doesn't end yeah and also because people's results can change over time um so we work with a 12-month subscription so somebody can have a 12-month subscription they start with the assessment obviously they can go through and do some development at the six-month point they'll get a chance to take the assessment again see if there's been any shifts um and things change in people's lives and so yes yeah, so that's that's our model and then we launched so our plan was to launch just before lockdown then everything happened <laughs> and um we sort of had a few little pivots but we've actually launched through a crowdfunder called back her business which supports female founded companies and uh, it's backed by nat west which is it's really good it helps sort of create a bit more awareness and it also means that any pledges that we receive and people can sort of pledge for rewards which include a 12-month subscription and um, we've got a company package there as well if people want to um you know give this tool to their their staff um and nat west will double the pledges so if we hit our target then then it will be doubled essentially which is so good there's some brilliant schemes out there at the moment for people who are starting businesses um so well worth looking at if anybody listening is <laughs> is thinking about it fantastic so if anybody wants to check this out this is fiddle leaf which is f-i-d-l and then the word leaf yeah yes yes so two l's in the middle fantastic um, dot com yeah and there's a link there's a there's all the links and everything in there and some blogs and things like that Brilliant. And how do we get hold of you? If there's anybody who wants to connect with you personally or kind of follow yeah. your story or anything like that, what what um, handles do you use on, on social media? Um, I'm generally Soph Coulthard, um, C-O-U-L-T-H-A-R-D. So Instagram and I, I'm very active on Instagram. <laughs> um, lots of stories, quite often sharing what's going on, obviously sharing what's going on with the crowdfunder at the moment and showing what we're doing with the platform um, and also giving my own tips on things like assertiveness and things like that as well. So you're sharing some of that behind the scenes stuff. Um, LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Twitter. Fantastic. All Fantastic. And it's all <laughs> Soph Coulthard or Sophie Coulthard. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And then I think there's probably going to find that there's people who will be interested in the platform potentially or just interested in checking out a bit more about this kind of concept. And mm. I think also there might be some people who are listening who want to go into the wellbeing space themselves and they want to launch something and maybe they want to kind of understand your story a bit about what you've gone through to get there because it is really inspirational when we when we hear of what people are doing in this new way of working now. 
um, you know, especially now it's online, you know, there's so much out there that anybody can do as long as they've either got the skills or work with somebody who's got the skills or or, or yeah. learn them pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by people's story. I think that's, that's it. How did you get there? What was the journey? Um, so, of course, if anybody has any questions, just just get hold of me. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, whatever success you get to is not overnight. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of self-awareness, a lot of uh, self-development. And, you know, I think this tool really, really highlights that. Yeah. And a lot of broken cups. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for joining. And um, I'll include some links to everything in in the uh, show notes as well. But uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Jane. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. I hope there was something in there for you to take away. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can via my website, canidoitmyself.com, via LinkedIn or Facebook under Jane Tarrant or on Instagram at Incremental Jane. Look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.